السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد رسول کریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسرلی امری وحل العقدم السانی یفقہ قولی ربنا زدنا علما سو کتاب مواقیت الصلاح بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم مواقیت وٹ ڈز مواقیت مین اٹس فلورل آف میقات اینڈ میقات از ان دا اسٹرکچر آف مفعال فرام دا ورڈ وقت وٹ ڈز وقت مین سو میقات از دا ٹائمنگز اوکے دا ٹائمنگز آف وٹ آف اصلا میننگ ایٹ وٹ ٹائم از صلاح سپوز ٹو بی پرفارمڈ وین شوڈ یو پرفارم صلاح اینی ٹائم دیٹ از کنوینینٹ فار یو اور آر دیر اسپیسیفائڈ ٹائمنگز فار سرٹن پریئرز باب مواقعت صلاحی و فضلیہ دا فرسٹ باب از دا ٹائمنگز آف پریئرز اینڈ فضلیہ اٹس ورچو دا ورچو آف وٹ دی ایکسلنس آف وٹ دی ایکسلنس آف پریئر اٹس ایلف بیکاز امام بخاری ول مینشن دا ورچو آف صلاح اگین اینڈ آلسو دا ورچو آف پرفارمنگ صلاح ایٹ اٹس اسپیسیفائڈ ٹائم the excellence of performing salah at its specified time and in the specified time the best time and what is the best time the earliest time possible so what is the virtue of that wa qawlihi and his statement meaning the statement of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that inna salata kanat ala almu'minina kitaban mawquta that the salah has been prescribed on the believers how kitaban mawquta kitaban a command an instruction that is mawqut mawqut imam bukhari explains it as waqatahu alayhim that he has appointed the times for them in some versions of sahih bukhari you will find these words muwaqqatan waqatahu alayhim in some you will find just waqatahu alayhim do you have it written in your book okay waqatahu alayhim you have it so that's mine So waqatahu alayhim meaning he has appointed the times for them. So in other words a person cannot pray salah whenever he wishes rather he has to be mindful about the timings which Allah has specified which Allah has ordained. And we see that the timings of prayers the five daily prayers they have been specified in the Quran and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the Quran where have they been mentioned? First of all in this ayah because Allah says kitaba mawquta their timings have been specified and secondly in the quran there are many references to the timings when salah should be performed so for instance in surah al-isra ayah number 78 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says aqim as-salata li duluk ash-shamsi ila ghasaq al-layl wa quran al-fajr inna quran al-fajr kana mashhuda that established the prayer at the decline of the sun until the darkness of the night and also the quran of dawn Indeed, the recitation of dawn is ever witnessed. What does this ayah mean? أَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِدُلُوكِ الشَّمْسِ لِدُلُوكِ الشَّمْسِ Lam over here gives the meaning of عِنْدَ Meaning near, at the time when. So when the sun begins to, meaning decline from its meridian, so after the time of noon, I'm not talking about after 12 o'clock, but after the sun has reached its meridian and then it begins to go down. So from that time onwards, What happens? Allah says over here, أَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ Meaning, establish the prayer. And which salah is that? Zuhur salah. And إِلَىٰ غَسَقِ اللَّيْلِ Until the darkness of the night. Meaning, until the night becomes dark. So until that time, what do you have to do? Establish the prayer. So this shows that from نِصْفُ النَّهَارِ 
until nisful layl. Salah has to be performed. From when to when? Nisful nahar until nisful layl. What is nisful nahar? Half of day. So that means from the time that the sun begins to go down from the meridian. Until half of the night. Half of the night doesn't mean 12 midnight. Okay? But it means from the time when the sun has set until the time when the sun will rise. So from Maghrib until Fajr. Half point. Okay? That is what? Nisful layl. Because that is what ghasaq layl is, right? So until that time you have to perform salah. Which salah do we perform from Nisful Nahar to Nisful Layl? Four prayers. Which ones are they? Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. And these four prayers, their timings are joined in the sense that they are followed by each other. One after the other. So Zuhr, the time of Zuhr is followed by the time of Asr, which is followed by the time of Maghrib, which is followed by the time of Isha. So they are all joined and connected. So that means you can pray Zuhur Salah technically from the moment when the time enters until Asr begins. Again, Asr, you can pray from when that whole window begins and ends. Maghrib again, you can pray from when the whole window begins and ends. And Isha, the same thing. It's obviously better to pray right at the beginning. However, you can also pray anytime until the next prayer begins. For Isha, the expiry is Nisbul Layl. Half of the night, okay? And then Allah says, وَقُرْآنَ Fajr," And the recitation of Fajr. What does that show? That Fajr Salah has mentioned separately. Which means that the time of Fajr prayer is not connected with the previous prayer and the next prayer. It's by itself. So you understand that the time of Fajr prayer, it's such that right before Fajr, there is no Farida Salah. There is no fault prayer. And right after Fajr ends, after that again, there is no time for any fault salah. It's isolated. There is free time. Okay, and that free time is for what? Nawafil. So, Quran al-Fajr. This shows that before Fajr, there is no prayer. After Fajr, there is no prayer. So, there is a free window. So, it shows to us that from Nisful Layl until Fajr, any fault salah over there? No. From sunrise until Nisful Nahar. Any prayer at that time? No. Okay? No prayers at that time. You can pray Nawafil. That's a different case. However, no Fard Salah. So in this ayah, what do we learn? The ayah that I mentioned to you. The timings of Salah. And just one more thing before we continue. The two timings that I mentioned before Fajr and after Fajr. If a woman, let's say she was menstruating and she finished her period after Nisful Layl, is she required to pray Isha? No. Let's say the time of Isha ends at, for instance, 12 o'clock. For instance. And she ends her period at, let's say, 3 o'clock in the night. Is she required to get up and pray Isha? No. Why? Because the time of Isha is finished. Similarly, if she ends her period at 10 o'clock in the morning, is she required to pray Fajr? No. She's not required to pray Fajr. So the same way she's not required to fast that day either. Because some people say that if it's before noon that you end your period or something, then you have to pray or you have to fast. There's nothing like that. Ending your period and that should be followed by ghusl. So she doesn't need to do ghusl until zuhur basically. If your period has ended and it's zuhur time, then she will fast. But is she supposed to pray isha? No. Why? Because the time ended. The time already ended. 
Now from the hadith, do we learn about the prayer times? The timing for Isha prayer is until half of the night. Half of the night means from sunset until sunrise. Okay, from sunset until sunrise. How many ever hours there were? Halfway point is which one? So for example, these days, Maghrib is at what time? Almost five o'clock. And Fajr is at what time? It ends at what time? Around 7.30. So from five o'clock to 7.30, what's the halfway point? Five o'clock to until 7.30. So about 12.45, one o'clock. Okay, until then you can pray Isha these days. So you have to calculate it. Okay. So from the hadith, what's the evidence? Evidence of the prayer times. Because many people say in the Quran, Allah tells you pray salah so you can pray anytime. Right? I'm at work all day, so it's difficult for me. I'll just pray all my prayers at the end of the day. Or I'll pray all my prayers before I go to work. No, you can't do that. Or a person says, I need to go shopping. So before I go shopping, I will pray my asr and maghrib so that I can shop easily. No, you can't do that. Nor can you delay them from their proper timings. No. You cannot pray before the time begins. You cannot pray after the time has ended. You have to pray within that correct window. حدثنا عبد الله بن مسلمة قال قرأت على مالك عن ابن شهاب أن عمر بن عبد العزيز عمر بن عبد العزيز and remember Khalifa he is also Imam so he also leads people in prayer so what did he do one day أخر الصلاة يوما he deferred the salah one day what does it mean by deferring the salah inshallah we'll get to that فدخل عليه عروة بن زبير so عروة بن زبير he came to him فَأَخْبَرَهُ So he informed him that أَنَّ الْمُغِيرَةَ بْنَ شُعْبَ That Mughira bin Shu'ba أَخْرَ الصَّلَاةَ يَوْمًا He also deferred the salah one day. وَهُوَ بِالْعِرَاقِ While he was in Iraq. فَدَخَلَ عَلَيْهِ أَبُو مَسْعُودٍ الْأَنصَارِيُّ So Abu Mas'ud Ansari, he came to him, فَقَالَ So he said, مَا هَذَا يَا مُغِيرَ He said, what is this, O Mughira? Why are you deferring the salah? أَلَيْسَ did not قَدْ عَلِمْتَ you know that أَنَّ جِبْرِيلَ that Jibreel نَزَلَ فَصَلَّى that one day he came down meaning he came to the Prophet ﷺ فَصَلَّى he prayed فَصَلَّى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. the Prophet ﷺ also prayed with him ثُمَّ صَلَّى then again Jibreel after some time he prayed فَصَلَّى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. ثُمَّ صَلَّى then again after some time Jibreel prayed فَصَلَّى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. And then again, ثُمَّ صَلَّى After some time he prayed, Jibreel, فَصَلَّى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. And then ثُمَّ صَلَّى Then for the fifth time, Jibreel prayed, فَصَلَّى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then Jibreel said, بِهَذَا أُمِرْتُ With this I was commanded. Meaning, I was given this command to come and pray with you at these times. فَقَالَ عُمَرْ So Umar said, بن عبد العزيز لعروة. He said to Urwa, I'lam. No. Ma tuhaddithu. You are narrating. Meaning, are you sure about this? Awa inna Jibreela huwa aqama li Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Awa inna Jibreel. Was it actually Jibreel? Huwa, he aqama, he established li Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam waqta salah, the times of the prayer. Did Jibreel tell the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about what time he should pray? Qala Urwa, Urwa said, كَذَلِكَ كَانَ بَشِيرُ بْنُ أَبِي مَسْعُودٍ يُحَدِّثُ عَنَبِهِ This is how Bashir bin Abi Mas'ud used to narrate from his father. So in other words, yes, I'm very sure about this because this is the narration that I have received. And then Qala Urwa, Urwa said, وَلَقَدْ حَدَّثَتْنِي عَائِشَةً Aisha also narrated to me. 
So he's giving him another proof that anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yusalli al-asra that he would pray asr salah wa shamsu fi hujratiha while the sun would still be in her hujra meaning in her apartment qabla an tadhara before it would become completely visible. Inshallah we'll discuss this. So in this hadith what do we see? That Umar bin Abdul Aziz he deferred the prayer once. Once means that it wasn't his usual habit. It just happened once. And by deferring, it doesn't mean that he deferred it from its proper time, but rather it means that he deferred it from its mustahab time. Because remember that when a salah is performed in congregation, then what is best? That it is performed at its earliest time. Why? Because we know that that is one of the best deeds to be performed. As-salatu ala waqtiha. Performing the salah at its proper time, meaning at its earliest time, meaning as soon as the time has entered, pray salah at that time. And when in congregation people are praying, they should establish the salah at such a time. Why? Because so many people want to pray together. They want more reward. So it's best that it is performed at the earliest time possible. But Umar bin Abdul Aziz, what did he do one day? He deferred it. So he deferred from mustahab time. And which prayer was this? It seems that it was asr salah. Because Urwa also gave to him another proof that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said the Prophet ﷺ prayed Asr at such and such time. It seems that it was Asr. So Urwa radiallahu anhu, he came and he advised him not to do that again. Why? Because Salah should be performed at the earliest time possible. And he gave him the evidence at Mughira when he was Amir of Kufa, when he was appointed by Muawi radiallahu anhu. What happened? He also deferred the prayer once. And a companion came and warned him not to do that. Why? Based on what happened in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Based on the fact that the prayer times have been fixed, we should not delay them. That Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ and he prayed with him. Ibn Ishaq said that this incident that, that has been mentioned over here, that Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ and he prayed with him, this happened the day following the Isra journey. So Isra journey, in the night the Prophet ﷺ received the command to pray. The five prayers were gifted. The morning of, what happened? Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ. When? Seems from Fajr time. And at Fajr time, فَصَلَّى He prayed, and then the Prophet ﷺ صَلَّى it doesn't mean that Jibreel prayed first and the Prophet ﷺ prayed after him. What it means is that Jibreel prayed and the Prophet ﷺ prayed along with him. And Fasalla, I mean, it shows that he followed Jibreel in everything that Jibreel did. So in other words, Jibreel was the Imam and the Prophet ﷺ prayed behind him. How amazing. And this happened five times that day. Because it's mentioned five times, right? So it shows that for every prayer, Jibreel told the Prophet ﷺ when to pray. When to pray Fajr, when to pray Zuhr, when to pray Asr, when to pray Maghrib, when to pray Isha. All the five prayers Jibreel taught him. This is an example of what? That we see the practical demonstration, right? Jibreel came and showed him, okay, we are going to pray now. When the sun is like this, we're going to pray now. And as it is setting, we're going to pray now. Okay? So, practical demonstration. And this proves to us another very important thing, which is that everything that the Prophet ﷺ was given was not just the Qur'an. He was also taught many other things besides the Qur'an. Jibreel brought to Prophet ﷺ the Qur'an and also وَمِثْلَهُ ma'ahu, And along with it, something similar to it, meaning teachings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which are not in the Qur'an. 
So this is an example of wahi that is غير matloob, Wahi that is not recited. And this also shows to us that the Qur'an, it tells you about the hukum. But the clarification, the detail, where do you learn that from? From the sunnah. How did the Prophet ﷺ know? وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى He would not speak out of his desire. He was taught what to do, when and how. Because you see, over here, what, when, how, everything is explained by Jubil coming to him and showing to him when to pray. So this proves to us that prayer times are from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the prayer times are from Allah, we cannot change them. We cannot say it's too inconvenient to pray Isha at 11 o'clock in the night, in the summer, so we're just going to move it to 10 o'clock. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. If it's actual Isha time, I mean, there could be some places where you don't have Isha at all. That's a different case altogether. But if you are seeing Isha, then you have to pray Isha at Isha time. It's different if, let's say, a 10-year-old child who has just started praying all five prayers, for him it is very difficult to pray Isha at 11.30 and get up for Fajr at 4 o'clock. Okay, so to help the child learn, establish the habit of praying the five prayers, you let him pray, you know, combined with Maghrib on the day when he's really tired. That's a different story. But establishing a jama'ah, that should not be moved from its proper timings. You see, for ibadah, there are certain conditions. For any act of worship, there are certain conditions. For salah, what's the condition? Timing. If the time has not begun, how can you pray? You can't pray. If you pray, it's not that particular prayer. It will be counted as nafil perhaps. But if it's your isha or your maghrib, that's not maghrib. There could be a reason to defer the prayer from the first, from awwal waqt. But as long as it's within the correct window, there is no harm. In fact, I'll just mention it right now. That the Prophet ﷺ, what we learn from his sunnah is that salah should be performed at its awal waqt, meaning as soon as the time has entered. Except for two prayers. Which ones are they? Isha and Zuhr. The Prophet ﷺ preferred to delay Isha prayer. Why? Because it was convenient for the people. Because Jama'ah was to be established. It's too soon after Maghrib. Take these days for example. You have Maghrib at 5 o'clock, before 5, and you have Isha at 6. So if the men have to go to Masjid again and again, Isha at 6, it's very inconvenient, it's very difficult. So if it is deferred until 8 o'clock, is that a problem? It's not a problem at all. The Prophet ﷺ said, this is the right time for it, had it not been difficult for my ummah. So he always kept you know, what was convenient for the ummah in mind. When it comes to Zuhr, Zuhr Salah, he would defer when it would be very, very hot. And this is why it is preferred, according to the Sunnah, to defer Zuhr Salah, because the Prophet ﷺ said the scorching heat is from the blast of Jahannam. So he didn't want people to be coming out of their houses in scorching heat and experience a taste of hellfire just to get to the masjid. Once when he was traveling, Zuhr time, the Mu'addin got up in order to say the Adhan. The Prophet ﷺ told him, wait a little. He got up again, wait a little. He got up again, wait a little. Three times he stopped him until the shadows became long, meaning it was very close to Asr time because it was cooler then. And then they established the prayer. So from this, it has been derived that people's needs must be taken into consideration when the prayer schedule is being set up. What is most convenient for the people? Like for example, it could be said, Maghrib, it began at 6 o'clock, we're going to start Jamara at 6 o'clock. 
we're going to start Jamara at 6.02. But it's not convenient for everybody. People need time to do wudu. People need time to come to the masjid. Alright? So these things should be taken into consideration. Usually people get off work by 5 o'clock. They come home by 6 o'clock. They need some time to have dinner. If you have Isha at 6.30, again, it's very early for most people. If you have it at 7, again, it's early for some people. If you have it at 8 o'clock, it seems reasonable. So if it's convenient for people within the time frame, it is permissible. But you should not delay it until the very end. That salah is almost gone. So for example, Asr salah is being performed literally 10 minutes before Maghrib. That's not correct. But Zuhr Salah, like we see from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that he deferred it until shadows were long. It was very close to Asr time. Why? It was convenient for people. So for example, in a masjid, there could be a lecture going on between Maghrib and Isha. And for that reason, they wish to defer Isha. Is that okay? Perfectly fine. There could be classes going on. And for that reason, they want to defer Zuhr. But within the time frame, is that permissible? Yes, it is. It's just convenient for everybody. And it's not just people who are in that building, but people who are at work as well. Who have to come in order to pray Salatul Jumu'ah, for instance. If Jumu'ah is exactly at 12.30, for many people it, it would be difficult for them to come. And also remember that when Jumu'ah is being established, it's always best to keep the timings different from other masajid. Why? Because it's better for the whole community. That if a person missed a Jumu'ah in one masjid, he always has the option of going to a different masjid. So, ta'awanu. We, we should all be cooperating with one another. Okay. So, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, he asked Urwa that, are you sure that it was Jibreel who told the Prophet ﷺ about the timings? And Urwa, he responded, that of course, why? Because he said, this is how it was narrated to me. So, I'm not making this up. It was, I learned it. I learned this hadith from someone. And then he gave him another evidence. And what was that? That Aisha anha told me, what? That the Prophet ﷺ used to pray Salatul Asr at what time? That when the sun was still in her hujra, meaning the sunlight was still pouring into her room. Qabla an before the sun itself had become visible. Meaning, before it had become completely visible, that's closer to when? Closer to Maghrib. So, the sunlight was still pouring into her room, so this timing is basically early time of Asr. Very, very early. So he's mentioning over here the Prophet ﷺ prayed Asr very early. As soon as the time entered, he prayed. So this shows to us that we should also do the same thing. We should not defer unnecessarily. Like we discussed earlier, that four salawat, they are muttasil, they are connected. Okay, How? That zuhr you can technically pray from when the time begins until Asr begins. It's okay, your salah will be valid. But is it mustahab to do that? No. What is mustahab? Mustahab is that you pray earliest time. I mean, there will be a difference in reward between the one who prayed immediately and the one who deferred until the last moment. What do we learn about the munafiq? That he waits until the sun is about to set and then he prays quickly. Quickly. Pecks. Just like a rooster. So it shows that this is disliked. However, we also learn from other narrations that if a person was sleeping, he missed his prayer, and he got up and he has time to pray just one rakah even, he should pray that and complete the prayer because he will catch that salah, inshallah. It won't be qada for him. Bab munibina ilayhi wa 
منیبین الیہی وتقوہ واقیم الصلات ولا تکونوا من المشرکین امام بخاری منشنز ان آئی اوور ہیر اینڈ لائک منشن ارلیئر دیٹ مواقیت الصلاح و فضلیہ دی ٹائمنگز آف دی پریئر اینڈ دی ورچو آف پریئر سو اوور ہیر سم احادیث ول بی منشنڈ وتھ ریگارڈس ٹو دی ورچو آف پریئر ناٹ جسٹ دی ورچو پرفارمنگ پریئر آن ٹائم بٹ دی ورچو آف پریئر اٹسلف اینڈ ہی منشنز ان آیا دس آیا از فرام سورت الروم Keeping this verse in context, we learn, فَأَقِمْ وَجْهَكَ لِلدِّينِ حَنِيفًا فِطْرَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي فَطَرَ النَّاسَ عَلَيْهَا لَا تَبْدِيلَ لِخَلْقِ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمُ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ مُنِبِّينَ إِلَيْهِ وَاتَّقُوهُ وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ In the first ayah, the Prophet ﷺ is addressed, فَأَقِمْ وَجْهَكَ You establish your face. For the deen, that is Hanif, meaning direct your face, focus on the correct deen. And then in the next verse, مُنِبِينَ إِلَيْهِ Plural. So what does it show? That the address is not just the Prophet ﷺ, but to his entire ummah. And what has been mentioned over here? That مُنِبِينَ إِلَيْهِ وَاتَّقُوهُ مُنِبِينَ is a plural of munib. Who is munib? Ta'ib. The one who repents. It's from inaba. Inaba is to repent. Al-Rujur. It is to return with humility and submissiveness. With humility and submissiveness. So be those people who turn in repentance to Allah with humility, with submissiveness. The command that is given over here, وَاتَّقُوهُ And fear Him, meaning fear Allah. And then, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ And establish the prayer. وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And do not be of those who do shirk. The scholars have said that this verse is one of the greatest verses that tells us about the virtue and importance of prayer. How? Because command has been given to pray. And what is mentioned right after that? وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Do not be of those who do shirk. So this shows to us that if a person leaves salah, he doesn't pray, then he is resembling who? The mushrikeen, because they don't pray salah. He is resembling who? Non-Muslims, because they don't pray salah. And Allah tells us over here, وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ So, praying salah is something that, that differentiates a Muslim from a non-Muslim. So, this is why the scholars have said that this is the greatest ayah with regards to the virtue of salah. And the following hadith further emphasizes this point. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد قال حدثنا عباد هو ابن عباد عن أبي جمرة عن ابن عباس قال قدم وفد عبد القيس The delegation of Abdul Qais came to ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They came to him. فقالوا, so they said, Inna, we are min from hadha al-hayyi min Rabi'ah. We are from this clan of Rabi'ah. Walasna, and we are not nasilu ilayka, reach you. Meaning we are not able to come to you. Illa except fi shahr al-haram in the sacred month. Meaning the only time in the year when we can come and visit you, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is in the sacred months. Otherwise, throughout the year, it's not safe for us. We can't travel. We cannot come to you. So, in other words, they're saying that we only have a little bit of time to learn something from you. So, فَمُرْنَا بِشَيْءٍ So, command us with something نَأْخُذْهُ عَنْكَ that we can take from you. Meaning, tell us something that we can hold on to, we can practice very firmly. وَنَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَرَاءَنَا مَنْ وَرَاءَنَا And we can call to it whoever is behind us. Meaning, we can go home and tell our people to do such and such. Meaning, tell us something very simple that we can do. Something that is essential for us to know and to perform, please tell us about those things. 
فقال so he said امركم باربع i command you with four things وانهاكم عن اربع and i forbid you from four things simple things what are they الايمان بالله meaning i command you first of all with iman billah ثم فسرها لهم then he explained it to them that what is iman billah shahadatu allah ilaha illallah wa anni rasulullah that you bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship but Allah and that I am the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so i command you to do this secondly i command you to do what wa iqamus salah establish the prayer thirdly wa ita'uz zakah and give the zakah and fourthly wa antu addu ilayya khumusa ma ghanimtum and that you hand over to me the fifth of what you acquire as war booty meaning you deposit it in the public treasury wa anha and i forbid an from ad-dubai wal hantami wal muqayyari wal naqiri i forbid you from these four things what are these four things these are basically different kinds of containers that the arabs would use for making alcohol for making wine so he forbade them from that now In this hadith what do we see the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he gave them four commands and he forbade them from four things the first thing that he commanded them was what iman billah and that includes two things believing in allah and believing in the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam why because ibadah is not possible without both of these because when a person believes in allah alone then that leads to ikhlas sincerity and when a person believes in muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam then that leads to following the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam right and these two ikhlas and mutaba'a sincerity for allah and following the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam these two are conditions for the validity of righteous deeds if an act of worship is performed without sincerity is it valid no if it's performed without keeping the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in mind so for example a person says okay i'm going to pray but i'm going to pray however i feel like it however i want to so i'm just going to sit down raise my hands and just pray or just shut my eyes or look down and i'm going to pray like that no you can't make up your own prayer you have to follow prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so you see that the shahada the testimony of faith it leads to ikhlas and it leads to mutaba'a and these two are conditions for validity of righteous deeds so he told them to believe in allah and this is the haq of allah secondly he told them to establish the salah salah is also the haq of allah ita'uz zakah This is the haq of who? The people. And in a way Allah, because Allah has ordered the people to give zakah, right? And then, وَأَن تُؤَدُّوا إِلَيَّ خُمُسَ مَا غَنِمْتُمْ You hand over this. This is haq of who? The Muslim community. وَأَنْهَا عَنِ الدُّبَّائِ وَالْحَنْتَمِ وَالْمُقَيَّرِ وَالنَّقِيرِ So anyway, this hadith, what does it show? What does it prove? The importance of salah. Right after shahada is salah. Now in the ayah, What did we learn? وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ نَفِي of shirk. Right? Shirk is negated and with that is mentioned what? Salah. And in the hadith what is mentioned? Tawheed. Isbat of Tawheed and with that is mentioned Iqamatu Salah. So we see Salah has to do with belief in Allah. If a person performs Salah properly then he is negating shirk and he is affirming the oneness of Allah. It is directly related to one's aqidah. It is directly related to iman, to faith. What's the evidence that a person believes in Allah? His prayer. And what's the evidence that that belief is either missing or it's very weak? That the person is not performing the salah. That salah is an expression of faith in Allah. 
Because it's conversing with Allah, it's humbling yourself before Allah, prostrating to Allah, so it, it will really demonstrate the belief that you have. And if a person doesn't pray salah, then that iman, how, how is it going to be shown? Exactly, how is it going to be proven? So it's a proof of one's faith. Alright, so this is one of the greatest virtues of salah, importance of salah. باب البيعتي على إقامة الصلاة The pledge of allegiance on the basis of establishing the prayer. Meaning, al-bay'ah, giving the bay'ah over what? Prayer. What is bay'ah? Bay'ah is from bay'a'in. It is maddul, bur or bar. It is to extend the bar. What is bar? Hand. So extend the hand. Why? In order to join another person's hand. When do you do that? When you are making a promise with someone, right? You say, okay, promise, handshake. So, bay'ah is what? It's basically holding another person's hand, and this is basically to express, to show that I will abide by what you're telling me to. I will stay true to the promise that I'm making with you. I assure you that I will do this. This is what bay'ah is. So, giving bay'ah to someone, for what? Performing the salah. Meaning, can someone take a promise from someone, from someone else that you will pray salah for sure? Like for example, when a person becomes, let's say, a citizen of a country, then they have to, you know, pledge allegiance. And there are certain things that they have to abide by. That they say, we will follow the rules, we will do this, 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 this. You have to do that. You work somewhere. Again, there's a contract. There are certain conditions, right, that are applied on you. You have to do certain things that the pledge requires from you. So likewise, when a person becomes a Muslim, okay, when a person becomes a Muslim, is it okay for the imam, for the leader to take the bay'ah from him? That you will establish the prayer? Because it's a matter between a servant and his Lord. So can people come in the middle? In the sense that people start holding you accountable for your prayer. Can they do that? Do they have the right to do that? They do. If they are those of authority, okay? If they are those of authority, because we see that the Prophet ﷺ, it was his way, it was a sunnah, that when somebody would become Muslim, he would take the pledge from them. Even Muslim women are mentioned. In Surah Al-Mumtahina, right? We learn about Muslim women, that those who migrate to you, then فَبَايِعْهُنَّ Then take bay'ah from them. And of the things is what? That they will pray the salah. Because some people, they get offended. Why are you telling me to pray? You know, this is a matter between me and my Lord. You don't tell me. But it's the obligation of the parents. It's the obligation of the elders. It's the obligation of the people in authority to tell those who are under them to pray salah. This is why we learn that if a child, when he turns seven, he should be taught to pray. And by the time that he's ten, he should be praying salah. And if he doesn't pray salah, if he refuses then the parents can be strict with him as well. Right? They can be strict with him as well. So what gives him the right to be strict? Isn't this a matter between the child and his Lord? Shouldn't this be left to the child? It should be his decision. It should be his you know, will. So you understand that those in authority, they have the right to tell those who are under them to pray salah. Of course, you can tell them to pray salah and you can tell them to improve their salah as well. Whether it is by performing the salah at the best time or it is by performing salah properly. okay? Because some children, they just rush through their prayer. 
جنرلی وی سی دیٹ ایوری مسلم از آبلیگیٹڈ ود امر بل معروف Every Muslim should command that which is right and forbid from that which is wrong. So if you see that someone's not praying, it is your responsibility that you remind them, that you advise them. But obviously you can't compel them, you can't force them. But a parent can say, for instance, to their child, pray right now or else we're not, I'm not going, I'm not taking you there. You know, for example, they have to go for groceries and the mother says, I'm not leaving until you're done your salah. Can she put her foot down? Yes, she can. Right? Can the parents take away certain privileges from their children for this? Yes, they can. If they do that, they're not being unfair. The thing is that they should be taught from a young age, right? And then by the time that they're 10, this is the best time. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, right? Because if you wait until they're 13, and you wait until they're 15, and you wait until they're 17, then they're adults. You can't, you can't tell them. They won't even listen to you. Someone who is not a child anymore, 19, 20, I mean, you can only tell them. But how much can you? So many times it happens that it is out of fear of people that people pray. And okay, there's no khushur in that salah. There's hardly any fear of Allah. There's hardly any, you know, increase in iman. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let them develop the habit of salah at least. And eventually that will also come. Eventually that will also come. You can share with them different ahadith about uh, the reward of salah, the virtue of salah, the importance of salah. And there are so many. There are so many. I mean, there's many indirect ways of teaching people as well. You could tell them, you know, today in class, this is what was mentioned or this is what somebody said. And I need to practice my lesson. Can I just read out the Arabic to you? Can you just listen to me and make sure that I'm reading correctly? There's different ways of sharing with people because we should keep reminding. Share your own experience with people. Right? You, you never know what can help a person. The best kind of da'wah is with actions. Right? So when you will get up and pray, inshallah, inshallah. And keep making du'a for them, keep reminding them, advising them. So al-bay'ah ala iqamat as-salah, can bay'ah be taken over this? Yes, it can be. Inshallah, we will study the hadith in our next class because your time is over. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.